The Onstein and Chapman podcast is brought to you by Bet365, the world's favourite betting company. With Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals, and more to build your own personalised bet. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sports betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. Earlier this week, the greatest footballer in the history of the game served notice to one of the world's biggest clubs that he wishes to terminate his contract. Yes, Lionel Messi really is in the process of forcing his way out of Barcelona. I'm Ed Malian, Managing Director of The Athletic, and I'll be hosting the Messi cast, providing you with constant updates on the biggest transfer story in history. For our second episode, I'm joined by Dermot Corrigan, The Athletic's Spanish correspondent based in Madrid, who has been at the heart of this story since it broke on Tuesday. Dermot, today I want to focus on the man who I guess is the villain of this whole piece, Josep Maria Bartomeu, and his role in the politics of FC Barcelona. So Dermot, give us some background on the man and how he became president. It's an amazing story, really, because I don't think Bartomeu ever expected to be Barcelona president, and few would ever have predicted him rising to that position either. Um, he was a Barcelona associate, has been a Barca fan since he was a boy, he was born in, in the Catalan capital, but basketball was always his sport. He played a little bit in Barca's youth system of basketball, not not for very long, and then came through the ranks at Espanyol across the city and played for them, but not in a, not in a professional way. Um, so he, basketball was his sport, and meanwhile he went to university, was a, a very successful businessman in the family business, um, engineering business, but even still, it was, he was never seen as somebody who would you know, be a mover and shaker, somebody who would move up into, into sports politics. He ended up joining the Barcelona board in 2003 because he was a close friend of Sandro Rosé, who he met as a student. They, they studied together in, in business school in Barcelona. And Rosé brought him in as the basketball expert for the board. So he was the director in charge of basketball and handball on the Barcelona board in, in two, from 2003. Um, himself and Rosé had a, a big falling out with John Laporta, who was the Barcelona president at that stage. But they both came back in 2010 when when Rosé won the, the presidency. Then Rosé had to resign himself or decided to resign himself amid all the controversy over Neymar. And suddenly Bartomeu was the guy who stepped into the job to take it. So he wasn't even that well known at the time. He wasn't really a, a figure who people had said, watch out for this guy. He could end up being the Barcelona president. But, but circumstances and his friendship with Rosé and, and then the big controversy over the Neymar deal kind of catapulted him into a, a position that he, he never expected to be in. It seems, you know, should Messi get his wish and be able to leave Barcelona, he is going to be the president who was responsible for Lionel Messi leaving Barcelona. It was only 10 days ago that he said on the club's TV channel that Messi won't be leaving, that Messi has a contract until 2021. I know a lot has changed since then. And you've got a piece going live on Saturday morning on The Athletic, which anyone can read in the app or theathletic.com. And the interesting point that I got out of that was... One of the sources that you have at the club saying the profit from Messi would fix the figures of this board. Selling Messi would serve to cover the debts that this board has generated under Bartomeu. Now, that completely flips this story on its head, I guess, for me, because if you look at that and, and, and I'm thinking if Bartomeu sells Messi, then he might actually kind of fix Barcelona because lots of people don't realize that Barcelona have accrued a lot of debt over the last kind of six, seven, eight, nine years. So tell us a little bit about that. Barcelona have spent a lot of money over the last five or six years. Like since they won the Champions League in, 
in 2015. We, we've been reporting on it on The Athletic over the last couple of months that, you know, a, a big reason for the, the decline in, in the team is that they spent a lot of money trying to renew a, a team who was aging together and, you know, it just hasn't worked out at all. A lot of players have come in and out. Some of them have been good players who just haven't fitted and, and others just haven't been a, a great fit at all. And meanwhile, while they were spending all that money on, on transfer fees, they were also giving a lot of money to their those aging stars who weren't as good players as they used to be, but were earning ever more money. So, you know, a whole generation of people, you know, Xavi, Iniesta, Pique, Busquets, Messi himself, they all got big pay rises all the time. So Barca had the biggest wage bill in world sport, bigger than bigger than any NFL team, bigger than any of the NBA teams or baseball or, or anybody. Really, Barca were playing both the most money in overall in salaries and the biggest average um, pay packet per player. So that that has really burnt a hole in the club accounts. Then along comes COVID-19 and suddenly, you know, Barca, there's nobody coming to the stadium anymore. Their commercial revenues have dried up completely. So what was a, a very precarious financial position, you know, ticked over into, into full-blown crisis at that stage. Meanwhile, going back a long time to even before or around the time when Neymar was signed for Barcelona back in 2014, there's been an idea that maybe at some stage it might make financial sense to, to sell Lionel Messi because he's been, he earns so much money and he's such a, a key figure at the center of the club that maybe some people wondered whether, you know, we might even be, be better off without him, which, which, you know, seems crazy and logically maybe doesn't really make sense. But over time, people began to, to think that way. Now, when the, the crisis has hit and all these things have come together and Messi doesn't have a good relationship with, with Bartomeu anyway, and Bartomeu is trying to get rid of all the, the senior players in the team, it suddenly just seems like, a, you know, as a couple of the people, it's amazing talking to people around Barcelona, how many people were, were willing to, to say it, that they, they do think that, not that they think it's a great idea, but that they believe that, that Bartomeu and the Barca board feel at the moment that if they can sell Messi for, say, 200 million euros, and they can get his 100 million euro a, a year wages, a cost to the club, including the salary that he gets and the taxes that they have to pay, that in one in one fell sweep they could be free of, of the financial problems. Seems you know crazy even to, to be considering it, but it is something that has definitely been talked about and considered, and something that they look like they will be happy to push through. And, and that kind of tallies with reports that we're hearing uh, and reading from across the world, Argentina and Spain in particular. Uh, you can guess why that is um, that Manchester City and, and Barcelona might end up agreeing some sort of transfer fee uh, for Messi in the end. When I look at the possible deal and, and all the things that go with it, I just can't get my head around the fact that this Barcelona board has allowed this to happen. And, and the more you look at it, the more you realise, and you've mentioned his name already, that it's um, Sandro Rosset, the, the former president of the club, who spent, what, nearly two years in jail facing money laundering charges. And sources around Spanish football said, this is really Sandro Rosset's board still. This isn't Bartomeu's board. This is kind of still owned by the, by the former president and he still has a lot of influence and there's talk even that he might try to come back to the club is that right yeah and um, for sure like he he is more than, than Bartomeu if we go back into into when they were coming through at the club or when when they both established themselves as big figures Rosé was the guy with the personality with the charisma and um, with, with the character to, that looked like a, a club president looked like a real mover and shaker at, at the very highest levels had come from Nike and had those that relationship with Brazil, which you know came back to haunt him. We should say that he was eventually acquitted of, of those charges after spending you know quite a, a lot of time in in custody in in Spain, um, which is you know something not, not maybe to get into here. But but he had, it was Rosé who had the personality to really take on Laporta. So there's been this big kind of divide in in Barcelona, a family divide within the the family of Barcelona between 
the Laporta side, which was allied with, with Johan Cruyff, with, with Pep Guardiola. On the other side, you had uh, Rosé, who came in, and he, maybe from personality differences with, with Laporta and also just from his way of being, he's more a conservative character. He's more tied to, to the old-style Catalan way, way of doing things, which put him in line with, with previous presidents like Nunez of the club, going back to you know the, the the 1990s who had a big row with Cruyff as well. We're getting very into the weeds there of, of Barcelona history, but that kind of stuff is is still very present in when you talk to people around the club about which side are you are. It's very kind of which side are you on. It's a very kind of factional place to be, and that that's how things tend to, to work around Barca. So Rosé was the guy who was against Laporta, against Guardiola, against Cruyff. Bartomeu kind of came in on his. As his friend, or, or as somebody who was allied to him, but and then true circumstances became the president and continued on the exact same policies as as Rosé had before. So people wonder whether you know it's Rosé who is directing the the policies and Bartomeu who is implementing them, as opposed to whether Bartomeu himself has has these ideas. Bartomeu has has shown himself capable of of being decisive and making decisions. He he has sacked you know people like. Like Zubi Zareta as well, who who was a big figure in the Barcelona culture, but it's just a wonder about Rosé whether he would come back or not. As we said, you know, he spent a lot of time in, in prison, in in custody. He's been involved or linked with a lot of 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 unusual goings on, I guess we can say. But he's still there as as a figure in the background. I don't think he'd run for president again, but he has said himself that he likes to to maintain an influence. And even this week, which I didn't put into the piece. Piece was long enough, but uh, I didn't put into the piece that Ro- Rosé was on holidays this week in in the Balearic Islands of Spain, and you know it's popped up in a photo with Neymar, who happened to be on holidays at the same place. And it was Rosé who signed Neymar in the first place for Barcelona, who was so involved in, in that such a controversial transfer. And Neymar was kind of the guy who was going to supposed to come in and replace Messi, both in terms of scoring the goals on the pitch and also for his commercial value, which is even higher than, than Messi's in a way. He's a more sponsor-friendly guy. So, you know, Neymar was linked with, with Rosé. Messi was more linked with, with Laporta and with Guardiola. And there's always been that breakdown in, in the in the family of Barcelona with Rosé and Bartomeu on one side and Messi on the other side. For me, it's fascinating, the whole backstory that's kind of led to this. And and if you want to read about more of the details, like, like Dermot says, in his piece that's gone live uh, on Saturday morning, there are loads of details. It's, it's a nice, long, in-depth look at how we got to this situation. There are reports, and in fact, I believe that you confirmed this with Barcelona themselves, that Bartomeu had put it out there that he would be happy to resign if Messi were to say that he stays. Now, analyse that little uh, nugget for me, because there's a couple of different ways to read that, I think. Yeah, people at the club confirmed that to us at, at The Athletic yesterday, that given given the situation or given the, the upheaval and everything that's happened this week, that Bartomeu was willing to, to step aside if Messi came out and said that, you know, if Bartomeu goes, then I will stay with the proviso that the, the current board would stay on. So another member of the current board would step up um, to, to to run the club until the end of the season, which would allow the current board, which would is, is full of people who are very close to, to Bartomeu and, and close to Rosé, to continue to, to manage the accounts for another 12 months, which would be very important considering the, the financial problems that we've talked about before. So it was a way of Bartomeu saying that he would step aside but also that the, the current board would take control because if they, if for example, um, all of the board were to resign or if the, the entire board were, were to step aside at the moment, then you would get you know independent caretaker directors who will come in. Then will be a change in policy that the idea is that the current board are, 
or pressing the policies that, that they have been um, doing over the last couple of years would all have to change. And then Messi might be more more likely to stay because you know Messi knows well you know what what's really going on. This was seen kind of as uh, as a political move, maybe an empty gesture by by Bartomeu. As also, and it surprised me as well while while reporting out the piece and talking to a lot of people um, inside the club and around the club and people who you know who, who know all the, the personalities involved that they didn't think that the Messi was, was any chance of him going back on on the decision. It wasn't the case that maybe. You know, if we go back a week or two weeks or, or six months, if if Bartomeu said I will step aside, uh, Messi might have said, OK, uh, I'm willing to stay. But it's gone, gone to the stage. Things are so difficult. Messi is also such a stubborn character as well. We don't know, you know, Messi is such an enigma as well. We maybe don't know that much about him, but we do know that he's a guy who who is he's very stubborn and not easily budged from from something if he decides he's going to do it. So if he has made the decision that he's definitely going to go and he wants out of there, then you know, a gesture such as Bartomeu stepping aside while, you know, his the rest of his board staying in control of the club's affairs is not going to be enough to, to change to change his mind. If you were trying to give like a really simple answer to the question, why do Barcelona's players have such a problem with Bartomeu? Like, what would you say to me? It's amazing, really, because Bartomeu gave the players everything that they wanted in a way. You know, they all were able to convince him to, to up their contracts. He paid them amazingly well, even... People when they left, like Xavi and Iniesta, they got um, you know bonuses when they were leaving at the end of their contracts, loyalty bonuses because they'd stayed so long. That that Messi has always, in the end, he's always um, renewed his contract and he's been the best paid player in the world. But even still, just something about the way that they have to deal with, with Bartomeu, that the way that they, they find it difficult to believe the things that he talk, that he tells them, and the way that some of their friends, maybe the other people in in the within the club have had a different situation where they have been told that their contracts will be renewed uh, and then they weren't. That that has just let them down. And another guy who I was talking to said that Bartomeu, um, or a couple of people mentioned this to me, that he just finds it hard to say no to to um, to anybody, or especially to, to the players or to important people around the club, that he's not a guy who's super confident in his own uh, in his own self and his own uh, personality so that while he's in conversations with people he's he's very friendly he's very amiable he, he's a you know good company and very polite and everything but he's not a guy who wants to have conflict so during the conversation he will just go along with with what somebody said but, but afterwards they will find out that what they thought they had a promise for or what they thought they were going to have was going to happen after the conversation with Bartomeu doesn't happen in the end and that has led to, to serious problems both with directors on the board like six directors and resigned from the Barca board in April um, around a, a scandal that we haven't even talked about yet, the, the Barca Gate scandal, which was around Bartomeu hiring or, or the club hiring a, a social media consultancy, which, which ended up doing some work, which the club said they weren't aware of, but it ended up you know, hiring or putting in place um, negative campaigns against some big figures in, in Barca's history, Guardiola and Messi himself who was kind of targeted by some of it as well. And these are the type of maybe underhand things and, and just not not good faith things that that they feel is going on a lot in the club, and that tends to, you know, in any kind of working relationship, that's going to be a problem. But when you're dealing with top players who are used to getting things their own way, then it, it's very difficult. So there is this perception that Bartomeu and his board are very, basically desperate just to save their own skin in all this. So let's assume for a second that Messi does end up leaving, as he seems intent on doing. As you say, he is very stubborn. Say Bartomeu remains in position as president. Would he run in the next election? Who would he run against? You know, what, what's the picture looking like going forward for Barcelona politically? 
Bartomeu can't run again in the next elections because it, it counts the, the first term when he took over from Rosé, the couple of years that he had then, and then he won the elections in 2015. So that that means he can't run again. There was a theory that Emily Rousseau, who came into the club after Rosé left, but was being maybe groomed to be the, the continuity candidate, who was somebody who, who was close to to Bartomeu and, and might have taken over or might have run, you know, they might have handed over to him, but they had a falling out. He's one of the directors who, who I mentioned there who, who resigned. Victor Font is somebody who's been outside the club for a long time, who's been putting a lot of, of pressure on running running campaigns. He's very savvy, very successful venture capitalist with a lot of modern ideas and a guy who, who thinks that it should be possible to change a lot of the governance structures within the club. So he, he he's definitely going to run. You have Laporta as well, who, who could come back. He ran against Bartomeu the last time. Jordi Farre is, is another guy who who is being getting a lot of press at the moment because he's running a campaign to try to get uh, Bartomeu to step down immediately to try to get to, to pull together a lot of signatures from, from the club members and the socios, which would, um, if he gets enough signatures together, he can force the board to resign, which is going to be difficult because of of pulling people together or, or getting people together at the moment is much more difficult than it would otherwise be if there were games going on. So there are a lot of people who, who would like to be the next Barcelona president, I guess we can put it, but there's no clear front runner yet. The, the other thing is that there's a lot of, of former Barcelona players and figures, people like Xavi Hernandez and, and Carlos Puyol, Iniesta as well, maybe a little bit further down the line, who are definitely going to return to the club at, at some stage. Jordi Cruyff is somebody as well who who I'm sure will at some stage end up with the, the role, whether it's sporting director or or a director role at Barcelona. These guys are all maybe standing a little bit to the side. Javi has allied himself to an extent with Victor Font, and they have, have definitely spoken about what they might do if they come in together. But but the ex-players are maybe waiting to see who, who wins the next election, to see who is the next president before they come back in, because they can, if they ally themselves too quickly with the with a candidate and their candidate loses, then obviously it makes it more difficult for them to, to come in in the short term into the club. It really might be the most political football club in the world, I think. Um, <laughs> Dermot, thanks for joining. I just want to ask you one question that I ask everyone uh, who comes on the Messi cast. I'm going to put you on the spot and say, how do you think this Messi situation plays out? What do you think is going to be the final result of all this? It, it really does keep changing from day to day. If, if you asked me a, a week ago, you know, I, I Found it very hard to to imagine Messi moving to anywhere else, but at this point, because it's gone so far, and as we were saying, he's such a stubborn character, and as Barcelona need the money, and as you know, Manchester City are a club who who have access to funds and maybe have some players that Barcelona might take in part exchange. I think it, it won't be pretty, and it, it'll be there's still a couple of of turns to go and a couple of um of very awkward moments and just harsh things for all football fans to see. It's not a very nice situation, really, to. You know, to be reporting on it, it's fascinating in in a lot of ways and, and interesting professionally. But as a football fan, it, it's just a little bit sad what's going on. But I think in the end, Messi will go to to Manchester City. Maybe not for as much money as Barcelona want, but he will end up at City, and Barcelona will get at least some money in order to to save their accounts. Thank you then to Dermot for joining us. Uh, make sure that you are subscribed to the Ornstein and Chapman podcast feed to get future episodes of the Messi cast as we continue to explore the story of the summer with a range of experts from the Athletic and beyond. And don't forget, Dermot has that in-depth piece going live on the site on Saturday morning, focusing on politics and the role of Bartomeu in Messi's seemingly imminent departure from Barcelona. And if you aren't a subscriber yet, you can read that along with the best coverage of the Premier League, Champions League and US sport with a 30-day free trial. Please head to theathletic.com forward slash Ornstein and Chapman to try us out without paying a single penny. I have been Ed Malian. This has been The Messy Cast. 
brought to you by The Athletic. 